Welcome back to the latest episode of the Security Sprint. This is a security podcast where we go beyond the headlines and talk about security and risk news and bring about a different perspective, as well as talk about news or events that you may have missed. Uh, there's a lot out there and we want to bring that to you. So this is a sprint. So the way it works is we go through two rounds of topics and then we do some quick hits. So with that, I want to welcome in my partner and esteemed colleague, Andy Jabor. And Andy, I don't ever introduce myself, but I assume everyone knows it's Dave Pounder. But Andy Jabor, welcome to the podcast of this week's Security Sprint. Dave Pounder, thanks for welcoming me. And who on earth doesn't know security expert and renowned entertainer David Pounder at this point? This is very true, very true. Andy, I know we got to jump. It's a sprint, so we get into a lot of things, but I do want to take a minute here and just uh, congratulate a partner, a friend of our podcast, a person who's a regular attendee on the Nerd Out specifically, uh, Bridget Johnson. She recently um, transitioned roles and she's now at CNN, where I think she's an opinion editor and she's going to be focusing on some terrorism content, as as we would expect from Bridget. Uh, But big congratulations there. It's great to see her level of work is is being recognized at that national level. So congrats to Bridget there, Andy. Yeah, indeed. Congratulations to her and really congratulations to CNN on, on getting you know, an absolute pro, you know, in, in their newsroom there. She, she's fantastic. This is a great fit and really excited for her to continue this journey and hopefully still appear on your nerd out because there's some of my favorite discussions with you, her and our friend Joe Levy as well. So I hope that continues as she elevates herself in this new position. So ex- excited all around, Dave. Great, great stuff. Not a sneak behind the curtain, Andy, but I'm leveraging now for February. So just we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll pause it on. But it'd be great to have Bridget and Joe uh, back on that podcast. But Andy, this is Security Sprint. We go through the headlines. Anything you want to open up before we go through our rounds, Andy? Hey, I'll, I'll just point folks to two things that are, are too much for us to really get into in the sprint. Um, two major topics. Last week, there were hearings in Congress uh, relating to threats from China. And uh, Secretary Ray spoke, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, FBI Director Ray spoke, um, CISA Director Jen Easterly spoke, as did others. And they provide a lot of information on the, the threat from China affecting our critical infrastructure. And that sort of dovetailed along with another uh, series of hearings in Congress focusing on the water sector. There's a lot there. We shared a lot in our daily paper, The Sun. We'll include links in the show notes. We're not going to get into all of it. I think. You know, there's some some definite you know, takeaways in the fact that there is persistent threat from China affecting our critical infrastructure. A lot we can get into, but I don't think we're going to dive into it in depth today, Dave. But I, I know you've got some thoughts on that. Yeah, and look, this is not news. Director Ray's been behind the warning flags of China for years now, um, and I think this is a great another example of just trying to increase the awareness of these activities and what is being done, Andy. Like if you look back over the top 10 breaches of all time, China has been directly or indirectly connected to uh, over half of those. And so if you think about the threats that we have uh, at the individual level, and then you look at that as the manifest at, at the organization level, it's quite significant. I think Director Ray and, and uh, Easterly are right for calling this out. Continue to ba- bump, bang the drum, if I can get that out, Andy. But I think these are great pieces, and we'll have those links in the notes for you there as well. All right, Andy, so let's jump into our topics. So I'll go first here, if you don't mind, if you'll cede the floor to me. But um, uh, the, there we go, Andy. So again, 
this is a geopolitical one, but I want to try to pull it into how organizations can look at this. Again, the U.S. and U.K. continue to launch strikes against Iranian-backed Houthi targets in Yemen. This is in, in partially response to an attack against uh, a U.S. facility in the Middle East in which three service members died and many more were injured. Um, but it does continue their attacks that were directed against pirates and rebels who were trying to impact shipping as it went through um, uh, the Middle East and is using very important the, the Suez Canal area. And he, obviously that has impacts the supply chains for organizations. And we have to understand that. And maybe there's increased threats there. But I do also want to call out, Andy, that, um, you know, these geopolitical events we have to really consider what that means from a security perspective and be mindful of our organizations and what we do or do not do or do or do not say uh, around those events. Because, you know, we work closely with the faith-based information sharing and analytical organization. They recently done some analysis around incidents over the last year. And it is amazing to see the level of activity against faith-based organizations or up through September, October, and then in October, there was a tremendous spike, obviously all around and, and primarily driven from the uh, Israeli-Hamas conflict, um, especially in the month of December where we had all those bomb threats. Those are things that we all covered on this Security Sprint podcast that tells you we're bringing you relevant content. But at the same time, it just goes to show you how these events, they may not impact, they may not be driven from your specific organization, but they can have an, uh, an impact on you. You can now become a target as a result of that. Threat actors are not necessarily looking to go attack Israel or Hamas. They're looking to target how can they do that in their backyard. And these are easy ways to do it. Similarly, Andy, in 2022, you know, again, faith-based organizations were targeted about the uh, the Roe v. Wade overturn uh, and the Supreme Court decision there. So we saw a lot of activity correlated to those geopolitical events. And how do I tie that all in, Andy? We have the U.S. elections coming up. Very politically charged event, very politically charged activity. I have another link that I'll post about some of the threats that the U, you know, threats from the U.S. elections and the various activities that are going to go around there. But Andy, I've talked a lot about this physical security, geopolitical, current events. They can all have an impact on your organization. So you have to factor that in. Be security mindful of those events, Andy. Yeah, Dave, I mean, you're 100% right on. We've definitely seen the escalation of incidents and threats around events in Israel and Gaza here in the United States and internationally. And, and we saw, you know, not the same level, but but similar issues when Russia invaded Ukraine. You know, we definitely see similar issues if China invaded Taiwan. It's important to understand these events. I'm glad you highlight that. And I'm going to just sort of jump off of your election reference there because I think it ties right into where I want to start with my uh, main topic today. So if you don't mind, I'm going to pivot towards that and, yep. and go to not just geopolitical events, but also the evolving threat landscape and technology. And, you know, we've heard a lot over the last few years about evolving threats and concerns about deep fakes and potentially AI. That future is here, right? AI is being used for great purposes and certainly for malicious purposes. You know, advanced technology like deep fake technology and video manipulation can be used to do some really cool stuff and to do some really dangerous stuff. Uh, we saw that as in regards to elections when we saw, for example, um, in New Hampshire, there were robocalls uh, spreading some disinformation purporting to be from President Biden. Uh, that's a whole conversation we get into another time. That's just one example of how it can be used to affect and influence elections. But I want to go to a story coming out of 
uh, to Hong Kong. And last year, the FBI published a PSA calling business email compromise the $50 billion scam, looking at uh, international business email compromise numbers. And that's just reported information, $50 billion in 2022. Well, that threat's only going to continue to grow and increase. It's still a major threat to organizations. But a story reported um, in multiple outlets says this. A company employee in the Chinese finance hub, being in Hong Kong, received video conference accounts I'm sorry, Hub received video conference accounts, received a report of the incident on January 29th, at which point some Hong Kong $200 million, $26 million, had already been lost by 15 transfers. Those transfers go back to scammers who use deep fake videos impersonating senior executives at the co company, a technology, a, uh, a company in Hong Kong, to uh, pretend that they were executives of that organization and basically facilitate this email compromise. So deep fake videos leading to an employee transferring money to the amount of $26 million from this organization. And that money appears to have been lost. Like, I don't, don't, think, don't think they're going to be able to recover that money. It's just a, a current example of how deepfakes are being used right now successfully, right? Something we've been talking about for many years. And that's just one challenge around, you know, AI and technology. Another one, Dave, um, Europe car, uh, someone is purported to have conducted a big data breach. That data breach appears to have been completely made up um, using using technology, right? Simulating a data breach uh, created by ChatGPT, right? So the ability for individuals to both conduct real attacks, for example, the deepfakes, or to create misinformation and confusion, as was the case here with this fake data breach, that is having our environment now. That makes a more complex threat environment. Whether we're talking business email compromise, data breach, politically focused robocalls. It's important for you to start to understand, you know, what is happening in our environment right now. It's not just theoretical and start thinking about preparing their employees, right? Build that into your training. Talk about deep fake technology. Talk about uh, simulated phone calls. Talk about controls in your organization to reduce the likelihood of a successful business email compromise attack or gift card scam or whatever else it might be. We've got to keep our workforce informed, educated of both the evolving and current threats. And these are no longer theoretical these are actually being implemented. So stumble a little bit in my explanation of this email compromise. I hope that came across clearly though to listeners. And I think these are important issues. We'll share links. You can dive into that more yourself and read more about um, both of those as well as other recent AI related and other technology incidents and concerns, including ChatGPT sort of casually saying, hey, uh, ChatGPT probably can't be used to make a bioweapon. All good there. Dave, back to you. Yeah, Andy, and this is going to tie into a little bit of my second topic, but we talked about AI and the dangers of AI a couple of weeks ago, I think, Andy, and really around scams and how that can be leveraged and used. And and the, I, you hit the nail right on the head. Look, there's a lot of things that you can do from an organizational standpoint. You can look at various controls that, that and, and monitoring routines that try to block or, or prevent AI type of activities or the use of AI in the organization, if you don't have control over that, especially when you look at data loss and potential impacts there. But be, business email compromise was hard enough already, Andy, and having these type of AI generated deep fakes is just going to make it harder and harder. Education is where it needs to be. That needs to be a lot of the driver, education and awareness. Get the every employee understanding what how this can work. And we've seen that in the scams 
And we've seen that in very real consequences. And I think it's just really important to, to factor that in, Andy. So uh, great call out there. Two really important topics, business email compromise and AI. Really start getting that on the agenda now. Because, I, Andy, I, I know you talked, and I'm going to try to relate this, but you talked a little while ago about space and the space ISAC and making space a very, really important part of our security start. And you said, we're always behind here. We're always you know, way behind on all these things. Let's get forward, lean. Same thing with AI. We're already behind. People are already leveraging this at high rates and volumes. Threat actors are already explo exploiting it. You can't wait longer to see, well, where's this AI stuff really going to go? We know it's happening in the environment, and you got to do what you can to, to work around that. So, Andy, great call out there. Really appreciate that. Uh, as I said, I, I'm going to tie this in a little bit into our uh, my next part is really around, it's the time of year, Andy, W-2s are coming out as tax season. And so we really have to make it, make sure that we're looking out for the various types of scams that come through with either, whether it be the IRS to asking for the W-2 forms, but there are now appear to be two types of new different uh, text messaging phishing attacks. The number one is Equifax, where it's an Equifax text scam uh, posing ex as ex Equifax. I can say that five times over. Scammers <laughs> falsely claim your credit score has dropped and prompt you to click on a phishing link in order to resolve the issue. Uh, obviously, that's a classic example, trying to get people to panic, trying to get people to go um, just click on that link and ignore any of the warning signs there. But uh, various groups have already been detecting and blocking these messages. In just one week alone, one group in particular blocked over 2,500 times these type of uh, these type of attacks. The other one is an IRS offer in what is being dubbed as a compromise scam. Uh, you know, as the season begins, it's it, you're going to start getting these hit on all the time. Hey, the IRS didn't accept yours. Hey, the IRS is auditing you. Hey, the IRS is doing this or whatnot. So just know that the IRS is never going to contact you those ways. They have official ways to do those type of things. Most likely you're going to get a letter to understand these, but the IRS, you're going to start receiving these fake scam or, or emails or texts claiming to be from the IRS. So just really watch out. Just it, It's just really important, Andy, that we're really tuned in and hyper-focused on anything that we receive and, and just really challenging the, the core fundamentals of what you receive. Is it, does it look like a legitimate address? What are they asking you to do? Are they applying undue pressure or urgency on you? These are all classic red flags of phishing scam. And by the way, it, it keeps happening because it keeps working. Phishing is behind a, a overwhelming majority of the cyber attacks they start with a phishing attack, they get in, they lie low, or they may immediately ransom you or steal your data and ransom you. But this is this this is done repeatedly because it works, Andy, because they know we fall for our human behaviors. So in those moments, stop, think about what's being asked, and then respond accordingly. Most likely, you're going to want to delete that message. Andy, thoughts? Yeah, Dave, I mean, I, th I think you're right on. And you know, it's so easy to make a mistake, right? I mean, when the holiday season is around and you know, we're all waiting for packages to be delivered, right? That text message about your delayed package delivery is an easy one to think is legitimate because you're looking for such notifications, you can't click that link, right? Similarly, now you might be talking to your tax professional, you might be talking to the IRS about you know different things at tax season, and you get that text message. I've received multiple text messages 
Dave, they're directly from the IRS. It says so. You're telling me to click a link to, to, to address a tax issue. And again, if you're not thinking about it, right, if you're, if you're not paying attention, you see that and you think this is part of an ongoing discussion you're having, you might accidentally click that link. And you, you just got to really be sensitive to that. Uh, they're, they're timing these things for a reason. They time it with disasters for a reason. And unfortunately, we're all susceptible to making that accidental you know, mistake in, in the rush, you know, in, in the middle of everything else that we're trying to do. So really, the importance of slowing down as a reminder, I often have to tell myself, Dave, so great, great reminder for us here as we go into the heavy season of tax season, everybody's favorite time of the year. Always, always, Andy. Okay, so there's my second topic, Andy. Where are you going with yours? So I'm going to also do something that's sort of current because it's a day of the week. And if it's a day of the week, we're talking about ransomware, Dave. So, hey, there's a lot of ransomware that we shared in the Gay 15 Sun over the last week, a lot, to be honest with you. But I want to focus on uh, some stats from two recent reports. I'm going to start with Corvus, an insurance company, and here's some of the data that they've collected. I'm going to go to Unit 42, a, a team part of Palo Alto Networks, and their recent ransomware retrospective for 2024. I just want to highlight some observations there because I think they really capture some of the challenges around ransomware today. One, um, Corvus identifies that while Q4 was lower than Q3, a 7% decrease, year over year, 2022 to 2023, ransomware was up 69%, right? 69%. The number of ransomware groups um, grew. They identify a growth of 34%. You know, we, we work close to the team at eCrime. You know, we observed just since uh, June, I think it was, 35 new groups had, had, had been identified. I think we're now approaching uh, or maybe just over 140 identified ransomware threat groups. And there's new ones being added every day. Some come and, and go very quickly, but they're out there. They're out there. Um, an interesting observation from Corvus, the number of ransomware victims paying ransom demands has dropped to a record low of 29%. That's a very interesting and important statistic as organizations are refusing to pay. That suggests either they're more prepared or is taking a hard line. They refuse to negotiate with ransomware threat groups. That's, I, I believe, that's a significant improvement and something for us to sort of celebrate and recognize. Still a high number but definitely an improvement. Another important one, the exploit of external vulnerabilities played a significant role in breaking ransomware activity records throughout 2023. CISA publishes the known exploitive vulnerabilities catalog day. We've talked about it before. Jennifer Lynn Walker on our team loves to talk about it. As part of that now, they also have the ransomware portion of that where you can see known exploitive vulnerabilities being used and exploited for ransomware. You should be checking that report and making sure that those exploits are not a threat to your organization, right? There, there's data available. We know the actor, threat actors are using uh, these, these, these known exploitive vulnerabilities. Do your best to secure organization and plug those holes as best you can. They also identify uh, targeting of law firms, transportation, logistics, and storage. Just to go real quick, Dave, to the Palo Alto report, they identify 25 new ransomware groups. There's some variance in the numbers, but either way, and again, looking at the data we look at with our friends at eCrime, the number is increasing and it's increasing a lot. Um, they also identify that threat actors are targeting a wide range of victims with no preference for specific industries. They do identify that manufacturing was the most affected industry in 2023. Also significant, we see a lot of exploits uh, and vulnerabilities in the manufacturing sector on manufacturing devices. There might be a relation there worth, uh, worth looking at. Palo Alto also adds that although organizations from at least 120 different countries were impacted by ransomware, the U.S. stood out as the primary target with 47% of victims listed on data leak sites being in the United States. So look, that, that's a lot of information. We know the US organization is being targeted. That's just something to again, be mindful of. The threat is real. If you're not doing what you can to prepare and draw down risk and increase resilience, 
you're, you're, you're putting your organization at risk. You've got to do the right thing there. So I encourage folks to think about those statistics. We'll share those links. We'll also share a number of other ransomware related links. Dave, we talk about this all the time. I think we've got to keep talking about it because it's still a major threat. Any thoughts there? No, Andy, I think you did a good job really covering that. I mean, I, th I do think that these reports are are really important to to review, digest, and and look. I I mean, they're not done uh, for their own good. I mean, they're they're really done to in that information sharing collaborative. I think it's really important to go through and review those. Andy, we keep banging the drum. That's going to be my word of the day: banging the drum on the threats of ransomware and all these other type of cyber events. So I think great call out here. I got nothing further on that point, Andy. So. All right. Well, I think I, we, we, this is a sprint day. We covered our two main topics. It's our warm starts. We got a lot of quick hits. Anything you were planning to highlight there? Hey, Andy, I just want to do call out. We haven't had necessarily a hostile event that we've seen in the past or a big active shooter event. And again, knock on wood on a lot. Of there, I know there's a lot of mass casualty events that are still occurring. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking more about uh, the violence ones. But I do want to call out you know, a recent indictment in Queens about two brothers who were uh, brought into custody earlier this year uh, and just understanding like the depth and uh, of of some of these individuals and what they actually have and what they're planning on doing. It's a great article or it's a great uh, account from the district attorney's office. But let's just say this on January 17th, law enforcement officials execute a search warrant on the search warrant on the brother's residence, resulting in, the, in their arrest and the seizure of, I'm just going to lay, lay all this out, Andy. Yeah. Eight operational improvised explosive devices, one partially constructed tripwire IED, two loaded AR-15 style ghost assault weapons with a detachable magazine muzzle compensator uh, and thre uh, threaded barrel, two loaded nine millimeter so uh, semi-automatic ghost gun pistols, two loaded nine millimeter semi-automatic 3D printed ghost pistols, one partially constructed AK-47 style ghost gun, over 600 rounds of ammunition of the firearms above, one 3D printer, three sets of body armor, six additional AR pistol lower receivers, 29 high capacity ammunition feeders, 13 of which were personally manufactured using a 3D printer, tools to assemble ghost guns, metal knuckles, a radio set uh, to the frequency of the precinct in Astoria, New York, several electronic devices, numerous notebooks containing instructions on the manufacture of explosive device and anarchist related propaganda, explosive residue, nine pyrotechnic snow, smoke bombs. Andy, these people are out there. We need to be looking for the warning signs. We need to be looking for indicators of behavior, suspicious activities. You, we need to make sure that employees are the front line you are looking for and are they in the best position to understand changes in behaviors, unusual activities, suspicious activity. Andy, this is an unbelievable amount. Thankfully, nothing happened as a result of that. Uh, but heavens to Betsy, if something were to occur, um, yeah. it's a lot of weapons and ammunition. Please be on the focus, be on the alert. Uh, and with that, Andy, that's just my quick reminder from a physical security side. Dave, it's a good one. There's a lot to dig into there. Good articles. I'm, I'm thinking we're going to hear more about this as, as things mm -hmm. continue. And look, just, we're not going to have time to get into all these. I'll say, you know, you touched geopolitical events. I will share some links about the ongoing uh, airstrikes in Iraq and Syria in response to the, the death of three U.S. service members in Jordan recently, um, some related incidents relating to Israel and Gaza. Dave, there's a big hearing on big tech and child sexual exploitation in Congress. And just a whole lot more from tech layoffs to a good report from Cloudflare on an incident they had last year, some good pro uh, positive sharing. 
and Dave so much more. We'll share some of the quick links. Again, I encourage folks to subscribe to our Day 15 Sun daily because we can't cover it all in this podcast nor in the notes for this podcast. But check it out. We'll try and make it available. And if you've got questions, please feel free to reach back out. We're happy to point you in the right direction for more. Dave, I'll stop there because I know this is a sprint and we're running out of time. We are running out of time, Andy, but it's a good it's a good time. We did sprint through the topics. We did sprint through a lot of the, the activities, and I think we gave everybody a good dose for this week. Andy, I'll just take this opportunity to remind everybody about our Gate 15 podcast. We have the IVM, IAVM, I can speak today, uh, podcast, venue security podcast that will air next week, Andy. So we'll look forward to hearing that that next monthly uh, podcast. Then we have the Nerd Out podcast and the Gate 15 interview. Please like, share, listen, uh, and and retweet, repost, do whatever you need to do, Andy. But please let everyone know uh, we're excited that you are all uh, following us and, and listening to us. Uh, if you need to get a hold of us for any reason, podcast at gate15.global is the way. We look forward to talking with you all again next week. And with that, Andy, I will bid you adieu. Thank you.